0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Megaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow
0: metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music Hey, Blasco, welcome to the X-Men podcast.
1: Hey, buddy, thanks for having me. Uh, happy holidays. Same to
0: you, same to you. Um, yeah, so for, for those who don't know, and I, I doubt anyone kind of who would listen to this show probably doesn't know, you know, you're in the, the podcasting world, you have uh, Managemental, and then you put out a uh, a limited series. Um, what was that entitled? I'm sorry, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting the name.
1: That was called a new level. A new level. And that was it. sort of a, that was that was sort of a different take. It was more of a of a personal agenda of something that I wanted to do. Um, in that, like, I feel like with managemental, it's it's topical and and we cover you know hot topics, music music biz related. But a new level is something that I kind of wanted to dig deep, and I my experiment was what makes the heavy metal entrepreneur tick, like what what because it's not i think people have a perception that people like us have some gift have some special gift or some special unfair advantage against the rest of the world and it's not true you know someone like brian slagle starting metal blade records from his mom's garage like he he it wasn't like he was gifted some x amount of money or he 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 was just given slayer like on a silver platter like he earned everything that he got, as much as all the rest of us did. You know, you've been kicking around for a while. I've been kicking around for a while, and and so what 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 is it that makes people like us persist? And that was the that was what I was trying to dig deep on. So I did a full season, um, and I dropped it all kind of binge style. And it's it's a formatted short form podcast. So you know, if someone's kind of interested in sort of the 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 grassroots foundation of what makes a an entrepreneur tick it's an interesting you know it's an interesting listen so i may i may dig into it you know a second and third season uh one of these days but um as of right now i I just dropped the one kind of feeling out people's responses and um you know just it's not like there's a shortage of other stuff going on in our lives right so um it was fun to do and i might do it again
0: yeah i i binged right through it myself and, and if i could um find any kind of thread you know i think half of it is is passion right just people who just yeah they just love being around this shit um yeah and they so so any way they could find a way to be a part of it they were kind of going to find a way um and that other thing is just they everyone that gets to a certain level just knows how to grind you know yeah. and, and is just willing to just kind of do put forth that extra uh, level of effort that a lot of other people won't, you know, kind of be able to take it on the chin from a, a work ethic standpoint. For know. sure. So the reason why you're here... Um and for actually oh, just another caveat for you, you know, if you guys don't know, I assume they do, but you know, you play bass guitar and for Ozzy Osbourne and uh, Zach Sabbath, and you're also an artist manager for mercenary management. You work with Black Label Society, Black Veil Brides, Andy Black, Zach Wilde, Goat Whore, to name a few. So just to give your bona yeah. fides before, you know, understand this is a real deal son of a bitch over here who know has who <laughs> done, done a lot and, and knows a lot. And so the main reason why, why we're here is... I read an article or I was actually tagged on an article on Twitter and it was from Rolling Stone online. I'm, I doubt this went to their actual magazine and it was entitled why mainstream rock sucked in 2018. And for me particular, why this was so noteworthy is my band bad wolves was mentioned twice <laughs> in yeah. this, in this article. Um, and I'll give the kind of direct quote, um, This year's biggest hits, and by hits, they're referring to the Billboard mainstream uh, radio chart, uh, rock chart, and it's uh, Battles. I think we were number seven with our zombie cover. But anyways, this year's biggest hits included overproduced schlock like Imagine Dragons and Bad Wolves, expert forgeries like Greta Van Fleet, and a whole lot of music quizzically from last year. So that's just to give you a quote. So overall, it was not a very flattering article about the modern state of, of rock music and what it kind of tr- tries to posit, I would guess, is that there's this get- disconnect between kind of what is considered to be artistically viable um, or, or that, you know, a publication like Rolling Stone would applaud or say this is good or whatever whatever that means and what actually is having success in the realm of radio or sales and uh yeah so I, I guess i guess with that um having read the article do you agree or disagree with the kind of the general uh thesis of the article itself
1: i, I mean first of all, i mean you know you kind of gotta consider the relevancy of rolling stone to begin with um and i you know like i i'm not sure that there's much, there's much there, right? When you think of, when you think of the people that are bad wolves or Greta von Fleet fans, right? We're talking about a younger generation of people who could give two shits about Rolling Stone and if what they say even matters. Um, uh, you know, and, and, um, so I, I think it's, I think partially it's, you know, the, 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 the header of the article is partially clickbait you know in a lot of ways um because it's like you know they tagged you or you know you got tagged in on it and you know you read it and whatever and it's like and if it was something more along the lines of like like rock was really average this year like no one would have read it right so i I think it's partially clickbait but you know it's like it's, it's rolling stone i mean once again like how how relevant is what rolling stone said i read through the article I thought that the dude had some, you know, interesting perspectives. Um, But, like, for me, like, I have to go from, like, I have to go for me. And I feel like when we're talking about, like, mainstream rock, I think there was plenty of positives this year. I think you guys being one of them of something that kind of – came out of nowhere and made a real impact and got a gold record you know how hard it is to get a gold record these days you know or even the last five to ten years um i saw ghost play the forum um i think that's very significant um greta von fleet cannot be stopped and like they're like sure like are they super led zeppelin ripoff yes but like, but ra- I would ha- I would rather have a-, a band influenced by Led Zeppelin than say like Bon Jovi, you mm-hmm. know. And and um and it's like you know like, am I? A f- it's hard for me to be a fan whenever I'm of an age where I was a fan of the real thing, right? But for a younger generation, young kids don't want to get into music that their parents got into because that's their parents' music. But like, whenever I was a kid, like I wanted to. I wanted my parents to buy me a kiss record, right? And my parents were into like folk music, like Peter Paul Mary, <laughs> and Mary and and John Denver and like and, and like I'm like that's not what I'm into, you know? Like and it took me years to appreciate Elvis and the Beatles, way after the fact, but at the time it was my parents' music. So it's just like is Greta Von Fleet speaking to a younger generation and are they coming from are they coming from a good place? Yeah, like I mean it's you know it's on the nose, but like at least it's Zeppelin, you know. <laughs> like is is the way I look at it. And they're and they're they're making waves. Like every show is sold out, and they're selling records. And it's like it's something that you know. Like look, I mean, Doc. Like I mean, back in the back in the day, right? Like back in the Ozfest metalcore heyday, the Greta Fleet, what they're doing, you used to see like twenty times a year. You know, yeah. like there, there 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 were there were there was. The system of a downs and, and, you know, Limp Biscuits and Corn and, and, um, and you thing. guys and, shadow, yeah, and Shadows Fall and, and you guys and, and Lacuna Coil. Like there was significant rising from the clubs into the theaters and into, you know, arenas and, and gold records and platinum records. And, you know, there, there was a real upward trajectory of stuff happening that you just don't see anymore. So the fact that we see it a little bit. I don't know that you. I don't think it's cool to diss it, because it's like, man, it's kind of like the Greta von Fleet and Ghost. Like right now, like we should be championing those guys, not dissing them. Well, in my
0: opinion. I, well, one thing I could say, I think there was a particular they they noticeably left Ghost out of that article because I think mm-hmm. by if they would have mentioned Ghost, it would have not supported the general thesis of the article. But so let me let me actually give a, a couple of my own kind of precursors. One. I do not look read something like this and take it personally. I know a lot of people do. They'll do, how dare you! Fuck these I'll kill them. That's ridiculous. I think everyone is entitled to their opinion. And I can also see how from the outside looking in, one could look at our cover and be really cynical about it. Right? It could they could look at it from the outside looking, oh well clearly that's some kind of uh commercial play. And you're trying to capitalize on blah, blah, blah. And I can see it from if you're not coming from where we're coming from, we just put this song out and had this connection with the original artist and had something just happen on on its own. I can understand that. And then there's also the other element that I could uh, kind of identify with the article is saying that there is a I think what you're talking about is from your perspective is from the industry side, which is, hey, there's a gigantic economy built on all these bands. Um, and music that this article kind of shits on, right? Because you're because at the end of the day it's like are people showing up? Are they buying tickets? Are they buying albums? Are they buying merchandise? And clearly there's a huge market out there for all this stuff. And that's what it's saying is it's saying that from a uh, kind of populist standpoint, the people like all this stuff. But what the article is saying that it that artistically there's kind of nothing under the hood. That it's, you know, uh, like I'll give you the, here's one, one quote. Uh, Incidentally, bands like Nirvana and Linkin Park are the artists most responsible for the state of hard rock radio these days. Lyrically, so many singers have embraced what was once vulnerable confessions by someone like Kurt Cobain and turned them into sad sack declarations. And musically, they're all going for the slick, rap-inspired, hyper-produced tones that Mike Shinoda and co. perfected 15 years ago. The copy of a copycat effect has been running rampant in, in the genre ever since, but commercial rock's banality runs even deeper. So, And to a certain degree, I think you could turn on a an active rock station or an octane, and you can kind of see hey, there is a sound, right? There is a kind of continuance. And not for nothing, before I was in a band that was getting played on all this, these channels, I you probably wouldn't have found me listening to that much of that style of music because I'm more kind of into stuff that's a little more eclectic, whether it's Faith No More or, you know, bands like Carnival or Radiohead. You know, I, I like stuff that's probably a little more on the progressive side of things, but I can really appreciate some of the straightforward stuff too. So I think... Outside of the commercial aspect, like clearly we know like we go to the you know rock on the ranges and you know the bands you work with, and we see that there's a lot big audience out there, but is there an artistic kind of gap there? are we are, are we not making rock music that's kind of relevant artistically that necessarily
1: we were, maybe 20 years ago i mean I, I feel it's it's a fair point and and I do sometimes find myself getting frustrated that I feel like rock has, or metal has kind of hit a wall of innovation. And, um, and I don't, I I don't know, I don't necessarily know what's to blame for that. Um, you know, that yes, is do a lot of productions sound the same? Yes. And does that make things, does that make things, does that tend to make things a little bit boring for the listener? Yeah, I think, I think it does me as a, a as a music consumer. Um, but I think you're just challenged with digging a little deeper, you know, the, the, but, and, and like, look, I mean, the world doesn't end at terrestrial active rock radio. Um, in that, yeah, like, are you going to turn on one of those stations and hear Nirvana and the red hot chili peppers and a bunch of shit that's been kicking around for 20 years? Like, yeah, that's because terrestrial radio is, is run by advertising and there's not a lot of room for as many new bands as there are to get featured on those stations. Um, because, you know, advertising rules the, the roost of the, of those situations. So, but look, like from a creative standpoint, like as a music, as a musician and as a music fan, do I feel like there, there's a point to him, what he, what he's saying in that, you know, the, the innovation isn't necessarily there. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why things like EDM or SoundCloud rappers have, have have developed into such a significant uh, stance of, of music is because these are things that have taken a rock attitude, but changed the dynamic. Like to me, to me, little pump, um, or smoke perp or, you know, any, of the, or, or ghost main or any of these SoundCloud rapper dudes, or even like, you know, like a, um, uh, uh, a Skrillex or whatever. These, these are dudes that are taking rock attitude, which is what a thing that he mentions in the article mm-hmm. of, of like, you know, the, the attitude of back in the day. And, and that's what made something rock. Like I interviewed Lemmy for bass player magazine years and years ago he's like he feels he feels like people are afraid to be heroes and they're and i think what he means by that is they're afraid to take chances and they're afraid to go outside of the box and 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 that does equate in my opinion that does equate to maybe that there is sort of a similarity between songwriting and productions and whatever and that's what i'm saying and that's why other sort of genres that have taken a rock attitude and infused that and done something maybe more significant with it and are leaving sort of rock in the dust, you know? And, and um, so, so I, I do think there's a bit of a point to what he's saying in the article in that regard. At least that's the way I interpret what he's saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of that I think is very uh, easy to explain, right? For example, you talk about this idea of ro- a rock star, living like a rock star, doing these, you know, living dangerously, and I think that has been, as you said, has been adopted more by hip-hop, has been adopted more by, by maybe electronic music. But I think it's not rock's fault. I think the first thing is, one, is we have 30, 40 years of rock and roll and VH1 behind the musics. We know how the story ends. So we can't really fault people who are saying, hey, you know, you know, you're not living rock, you're not mainlining Jack Daniels anymore so that you're not living the rock. It's like, no, I mean, people are smarter now so i think Mm -hmm. in some respects that's a good thing um maybe not from a you know exciting standpoint you know we don't really have characters like marilyn manson anymore these really dangerous people. you know uh, you know there are some people but not on that that level you know and then i think you have to look at the financial uh structures and the fact is they're in rock music we do not have the million dollar signing bonuses for brand new bands um and because it's a band. You have to split things. You're a rapper. There's money to be made now. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was uh, Anthony Martini, who's the the singer from E-Town Concrete, who runs, you know, big hip hop label and hip hop management was talking about how he was, you know, he's working for Behemoth and Unearth, you know, working for metal bands. And it took him years to get like a $5,000 guarantee for one of his bands. And it was like a huge accomplishment. He starts managing hip hop. The first gig they ever do, their guarantee is 10 grand and it's so, so when you're, you know, it's, it's, it's it's (laughs) a lot easier to live like a rock star when in a sense, you know, a rapper goes to jail and like he comes out, he's more famous, Mm -hmm. you know? So there is more incentive to actually live crazy, live wild, do drugs, get into fights, carry a gun because it actually amplifies your celebrity. And you have more opportunity. It, it you gain credibility, whereas now if you're, you know, some stumbling heroin addict, we just like you're a laughing stock in, in the rock world now. You know, people yeah. feel sorry for you. You know, so so I think there there's a cultural change than that, and just that simple monetary breakdown of hey, if I do, you know, the bands. Be truth be told, a lot of the bands that make it now in rock are the smart ones. Like we went on this tour of the summer, Five Finger Breaking Benjamin, nothing more half the tour was sober like there was no partying there was Mm nothing like it is the literal opposite but guess what that's the winner's circle because they've all been down they've all been down that road they're like yeah we went down there it didn't work for us so this is how you know everyone's drinking smoothies and (laughs) doing sit-ups and doing Mm -hmm. yoga you know i mean and keep in mind those are bands that are you know in their late 30s and 40s and you know i mean uh, nothing more is a little bit younger but you get you kind of get my point you know yeah that in order to survive long term this you can't really do that unless like I said unless you're unless you are some super big millionaire who can afford to kind of make those types of live that kind of lifestyle i would say
1: yeah um i also think too like um you know there's Oftentimes, like, like people say to me, and I'm sure they say it to you too, it's like where they go, like, man, there's just, there's just no new music out there. There's nothing you know, like n- nothing. Like, like I, it's like I feel like people are sort of disconnected with the outside world of all this music that is out there. Like, I mean, it is overwhelming the amount of bands and artists and albums and singles. There's more music now being music, made than ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Like it is insane, and, and I think we had a couple of real good, you know, mainstream releases this year. You know, I mean, like, to me, that Ghost record was great. Um, I thought the Alice in Chains record was was great. Um, you know, there was a handful of really great stuff. But if if people are finding like that they're they're kind of running out of stuff to listen to, it's like then as a fan, like it's your responsibility to kind of go a little deeper, I think. I mean, it's like, I think a lot too, like I have these conversations um, from doing podcasts and, and just in general, just music business conversations. But like, when you think of the height of rock and metal, of being sort of the 80s era, 90s era, MTV, Beavis and Butthead, Headbangers Ball, right? There was such a small point of curation. There were so few tastemakers, right? It was it was Ricky, Ricky Rackman, Beavis and Butthead, and whatever program director was on terrestrial radio, right? Like we didn't have we didn't have all everything that we have now. And now think of like it, it's like music is like air and water. Like it's everywhere. Like any like any anywhere you turn on or whatever, there's music everywhere and you're you're the person that makes the decision of of what you like and you have to go looking for you can't just turn on the tv or turn on the radio and and have it fed spoon fed to you like now you have to as a fan you have to go digging and like i'm a fan of a a certain sub-genre of rock like i'm really into like doom and stoner stuff and and you know i've gone in deep and and gone into playlists and and mixed cloud shows and djs and blogs and and uh and, and i've really found a, a sub a very vibrant subculture of music that you know i think has put upwards of like 500 albums out this year like on an independent basis and you know that there's just to me there's just so much happening and it's very and it's a very exciting time for music because never before i have i had so much access to so much killer shit like i don't have to i don't have to go like oh i have a budget of like 50 bucks so i can only commit to like four or five albums like now for 10 bucks a month i have access to everything and like you know how much like you know how awesome that is you know how much that opens up you know being able to find new bands that i would have never found before because i had to like what did, did my friend like this album? Did like this reviewer like this album? Did Rolling Stone like this album or whatever? You know what I mean? Like it's like now it's just like I'm. It's like I get to make my own decisions and I get to find my own music and one thing leads to another and and I'm not just so siloed into one thing. Like I can be into a SoundCloud rapper or some independent alternative music like you know Idols or whatever. I mean, there's, like there's just so much and and you're so not committed to one thing. And I, and I think that that's, that's sort of a glaringly overlooked part of this article is like, Oh yeah. Like you can maybe look at some mainstream things and call them sort of culturally insignificant because they're just like rips of, of past stuff or, or they're just cover songs or whatever. But like you're totally overlooking the completely vibrant subculture of underground rock rock music right I I disagree with
0: I actually disagree with that because they do there is a part in the article where they they name a bunch of stuff that came out this year that I thought was good but I think the discrepancy what they're saying is the things that are very artistically viable Mm -hmm. are not seeing the same success on the commercial level that there's a there's a disconnect between this like art like said going down like they mentioned the new record by sleep and and death heaven and you know things like that um, and even, you know, name drop of bands I haven't even heard of, but, um, you know, so I, I think there is some respect for the more underground and I, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I think if you were to, let's, let's go back to my, you know, childhood or my, my teenage years when you said MTV and beefs and butthead yeah. was, you know, the mainstream rock bands had a lot of artistic credibility. I mean, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, uh, you know, uh. Weezer, Nine Inch Nails. I mean, I was listening to you know just random Nine Inch Nails songs back in the day, and there's so much depth to the music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's so much going on from a production standpoint and lyrical standpoint, and it's and it just feels it still feels ahead of its time, you know. And and I and yeah. I'm not saying there aren't uh, there isn't stuff like that. Um, I kind of have a, a you know you, you were saying like there's this kind of um you know, lack of maybe talent or like stuff that's breaking out, and I, I actually think the be partially because a lot of the talented individuals are just going into other fields, and where they mm-hmm. might have been musicians, like a Trent Reznor uh, was a musician then, but now who knows? Maybe he's in tech. You know, maybe he's designing apps or or something, or or is kind of you know because there's so much more avenues for people to kind of explore that talent, um, hell, it might be working in a damn, you know, in finance or something. <laughs> and it's like a billionaire, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the person of that kind of genius level of ability who, who knows? Um, yeah. so I, I, I think they're, you know, kind of to go back to some of your points about, you know, there is, you know, cause anyone to me that says they can't find new music, they're nine times out of 10, they're just old, right? They're above Agreed. 35, right? So <laughs> yeah. They don't, you've never met an 18 year old that said they didn't know where to find music or they can't find any music first off. Um, So you're right that you have to go and find that. But I do think there is an element of option paralysis because I run into this sometimes where I I wish I had, you know, because pretty much if I want to hear new stuff, either I find a playlist or a radio station on Spotify or Apple music, or I I put on um, XM you know and i kind of mm-hmm. let them curate and i do miss that element of the curator i kind of yeah. w- want someone smarter than me and knows more than me to say hey check this out and now unfortunately we're a little relying on algorithms which i don't think mm-hmm. is totally bad but it's i'll give an example of a bad form of of algorithmic uh curation i'll put on the radi- uh faith no more station on spotify right Mm-hmm. And they'll play old Metallica and they'll play Soundgarden, but they won't play like 12-foot ninja, who actually right. sounds like Faith No More, which means, <laughs> right. which tells me that their algorithm is grouping things based on when it came out and genre and not actually how it sounds, which is mm-hmm. how I wish it would work better, right? So if I put on Muse Radio and there's like a new band that came out that is similar to Muse, I would want to hear that, but it's not... Really doing that work for me. Whereas if I was doing program personally programming a Faith No More station, I would be like for example, I've never heard Mister Bungle on a or Tomahawk on the radio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying on 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 that radio station, which tells me there is uh, something lacking there. And I think when you have so many options, and like me, the reason why I listen probably to less music now than I have ever is because of podcasts. I love podcasts so much that it cuts in. To that time, when I previously would be listening to a lot more music, and that's and this year just I've been busy and on the road, so I just haven't had as much time. But I'm still like you, probably. I have that gut where I'm like, man, I need. Where's the new blood? Where's that new thing that is gonna give me that that feeling? Because there's nothing more exciting than hearing a new band that's like, wow, I have not heard a band do this. Yep. you know, um, and for me, probably that band, and even though they're not new, but they kind of broke out with me. It's like Architects. I don't know if you listen to them at all. Sure, but, but I hear them, I'm like, fuck, man, they're just they just got it. Whatever it is, yep. and they're just doing something where they're, they're they're pushing something that's that's really cool, and it's just exciting. And and you hear something like that, you're like, oh, I, I know there's got to be another, probably ten bands. Maybe they're not as good, but they're on that cusp that are doing something similar. But there's how do you if they don't. They, if they don't know Jose Mangan, they can't get their song played on liquid metal. If they don't know the people at Spotify and can't get on one of those playlists, one of the major playlists, how do you – I think to a certain degree, there there are um, gatekeepers now. But there's just a lot more of them and they're yes. just, it's just more segmented and kind of you know filtered out. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh, yeah. And pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.
1: One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds
0: of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like you mentioned, option paralysis. Uh, That's, I mean, it's, it's a significant uh intrusion into everyone's lives. And I say intrusion meaning that if you're in a band and you want someone to listen to your band, you're not just competing with other bands anymore. You're competing with podcasts. You're competing with YouTube, right? You're competing with YouTubers uh, content. You're you're competing with playlists. You know, you're competing with gimme radio. You're competing with serious radio. Like it's like you're competing with video games, right? Mm -hmm. Like there there's so much that is distracting from a person's attention that someone committing to listening to an album is maybe 45 minutes that that person doesn't have or isn't willing to commit to whenever they go like oh, I can just have it on in the background while I play video games or you know do something else so um, I, I believe that that's a it, it is a significant dude that you know option paralysis uh, creates Um, and um and uh yeah but i mean look is it i don't know what i don't know what the answer is i mean we've sort of reached a level playing field and and i think about this too like whenever i was growing up because i'm probably 10 15 years older than you but like whenever i was coming up it was like metallica and slayer were still underground bands right that they there they there wasn't there wasn't a huge, like mainstream rock wasn't a real thing yet. I mean, that was like, we were still sort of riding the wave of like the Doors and Zeppelin and Sabbath and, and, and then getting into the Van Halen's and stuff. Like that was more mainstream rock whenever I was growing up, you know? Um, and, and so I, I think it's possible that maybe MTV era, Blew mainstream rock up into a place to where it wasn't real. Like maybe Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister and those bands weren't meant to be that gargantuan of bands, right? Like maybe that, maybe that just maybe that was just it was a bubble. An unfair. It was an unfair perspective. It was a bubble that that burst, and so now it, we're coming in for a landing. And, you know, the good news is, is that more than ever, there is a shit ton of cool bands out there and fans have access to everything now. Uh, and and I feel that that's, that's positive, but we're going back into the caves, man. We're going, we're going back into underground dwelling and we got to let things percolate. And while that happens, and then a new breed potentially rises to the top and, is the Pied Piper of a next generation of, of super killer rock bands that take us back into the mainstream. Right. And, and, and we reclaim that throne and we go back into owning terrestrial radio and we go back into owning the arenas and stuff like that, you know, and um, it's potentially just the cyclical adventure that we had have to, to ride out. And, and, you know, along the way, You know, there's plenty of things to keep us entertained, you know, and and there's plenty of work for people like us to do. Um, But like as from a fan perspective, you know, because it's hard to it's hard to draw that line. Right. Like as a musician, as a working musician versus an active fan. Right. Like it's 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 a tough line to draw. Um, But uh, but, you know, as, as from the fan perspective, like not, not even looking at just from a, a business musician perspective, but like just from a fan perspective, like I feel like it's going to come back around, but we just need some time to let things just stay in the underground and, and, and let it tell the story why other things need an opportunity to burn out. Whereas rock has potentially reached a state of burnout. Um, we need to let the other things that have kind of, you know, taken over. We need to let them burn out for a while, and then let them, and then let that be the opportunity for Rock to come back around for a while. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm skeptical. I'm kind of skeptical with that, and also a little bit hopeful. But um, there's a couple of the points I wanted to ask you before I, I, I let you go. Um, mm-hmm. So going back to the to the article in this um, Billboard chart. So you had Imagine Dragons had four songs on there. Um, Portugal, The Man, and a couple other bands, you know. What is this, you know, the, something that's kind of just interesting to me is there's this crossover where if bands that are being labeled rock, but are they, is Imagine Dragons and 21 Pilots, are these really rock bands? And is does it, I, what I can't tell is it if it's helping or hurting, because in a way, it's good to have a band that's quote-unquote rock uh, having all the success playing arenas, actually uh, having this kind of crossover into to the to the to normal pop culture. But what I've seen um, is that it's really kind of in my opinion, adversely affected the rest of rock music. So I, I look at recent records by Foo Fighters, by Queens of the Stone Age, by Muse, you know the, the heaviest hitters in you know mm-hmm. what I consider the real rock world, you know, changing their guitar tones a little bit, maybe having less guitars on the on the album, um, you know, like with that, that Papa Roach song, um, Born for Greatness. I, I've talked about this on the, on the show before, you know, big pop production, you know, little the guitars are real bluesy and kind of, you know, in in the background, um, you know, should should that even be considered rock? Like, should we be aligning ourselves with that or should we be kind of trying to draw uh, more definitive lines, you'd think?
1: I think the gray line is important. Um, it, but are these, are they the, rock bands?
0: The, are they rock bands? Do you, uh, would you say?
1: Are they rock? In this day and age, yes, they are. Um, because the lines are blurry. Uh, you know, fans have, have crossed over and they and fans are multi-genre now. It's the playlist generation. Um, and, uh, oh, sorry, Kat wants to join us. But is, um, is someone going to go
0: listen to Imagine Dragons, and is that going to open a door that they eventually get an Avenged Sevenfold? I doubt that. I mean, I, I didn't mean to answer my own question, but, you know. I,
1: I don't I, – I mean, I think it's – I think that, that actually is possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, because it's like who knows what the gateway into something else was. But, you know, I, it, Kiss to me was, as weird as it sounds – KISS was an inevitable gateway to black flag for me. I mean, I guess that's still, you know, that's still rock, right? Well, there's, there's
0: a through line you can actually trace. You know, I I can when you think of
1: the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think in the playlist generation, it is possible that one thing then leads to another, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think I think post Malone is a good example of a guy who has a very definitive ur, you know urban young fan base. However, he's like a metal dude, you know and he's got videos of himself like singing agnostic front songs on his Instagram stories or whatever. And so is post Malone being a metalhead? are his fans gonna potentially find? in an agnostic front or a crow mags or a black flag because he's a fan of that that type of music like it it, to me it is possible and that's also a good example of someone who has found his career as as more in the hip-hop world or specifically in the hip-hop world however he grew up more on metal stuff and to me that's also a good example of how it's like He's a good, he's an example of rock attitude, yeah. and it doesn't have to be so black and white. Of like, I'm a rock attitude, so I have to be Motley Crue. No, not at all. He is Motley Crue, but he's just painted with a different paintbrush. You know, I mean, I think that his whole you know beer bogs, beer bongs, and Bentleys is very cock rock in message, right? But his musically, stylistically, it's it's very different. But to me he's as rock as anything else in 2019.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think there is, you know, one kind of point that is a benefit is that maybe rock music, in a sense, works better when it's the underdog. It works better when it's not on the forefront of pop culture because it's going to have, it's going to retain that element of cool and that element of underground and that, in a sense, it'll always kind of, it'll, it'll be a counterculture and that will always be You're I, I, so right you know so, yeah, so i think there, so, right. so i think there is a, a a big benefit to that um and kind of one other this is more of a, a statement on behalf and not, not a question and, and like i said and overall i actually agreed with a lot of what this article said um and i didn't agree with everything but i thought it made some really great points and you know i i respond to it on twitter and a lot of people are, Well, this guy doesn't know anything or kind of your perspective where it's like well it's rolling stone's Uh, perspective really relevant i think that doesn't really matter even if this was just a random art blog that i read right um i think it's about the points the actual content of it not necessarily where it's where it's coming from but considering that it is rolling stone and the environment we're in i think there is an inherent hypocrisy in this in this article and that is that i think all the points they're making about mainstream rock i think we could also make about mainstream hip-hop which i think is, is about Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of great hip hop out there, but there is as much garbage as I've ever heard, and that sounds exactly the same. Same rhyming pattern. Same the beats sound the same. You know, terrible. You know, uh, mumble rappers. I mean, some of this stuff, I just I can't do it, man. It is yeah. some of it is so bad, <laughs> and I think it. You know, in a way, I think the the, the downfall is this. you could have written the same article that said why is modern hip hop so crappy, and then you know, didn't mention Kendrick Lamar and didn't, you know, you know purposely miss, you know, didn't want to talk about the stuff that has a lot of artistic relevance to it and kind of honed in on this pop element or this thing that, yeah, when we're talking about the masses, they kind of like dumb, simple stuff. And it's kind of always been that way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
1: I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that my only turnoff of the article is the title of the article itself as to why mainstream rock sucked in 2018. And I, and, and I don't think that it sucked. And I don't think that he made, I don't think he made a case for Mm. why it, it sucked either because it's, it's pretty hard to argue that it did actually suck in 2018. I mean, I had a good year. You had a good year. You know what I mean? Like, like so. So I don't know that he made a strong case. I mean, f- from from a Billboard perspective, sure is a is it a, a you know a little lackluster. Yeah, but I don't I don't think, I don't think mainstream rock sucked in two thousand eighteen. Uh, you know what I mean? And I don't know that he convinced me that it
0: did. Right on. Well, it is looking on Rolling Stone's website is the it is the number one trending article. So it it does mm. seem to. Be kind of uh, tapping some some chord, I think, and there and there's always going to be this, like I said, going back to what I said before about being the underdog, being the the, uh, the redheaded stepchild. I think that's always going to work uh, towards our advantage. Um, but I'm constantly fascinated um, by how this genre is going to exist, because to me, you know, I'm a, a metalhead in my in my heart, and to me, metal's just kind of right under the subset of rock overall so we're all connected it's all the same thing as far as i'm concerned um yeah. but um you know i'm always fascinated about where this thing is going um you know maybe you had asked me five years ago you know maybe i, I wouldn't have been so hopeful i mean i'm in a band now that has kind of hit some uh benchmarks that most bands haven't hit or in w- and, and if you would have hoped for those things to be a little unrealistic i would actually say mm-hmm. um so in, in a way, it's I, I think our band's actually given a lot of bands hope that you can actually break through and kind of still be heavy, but then get songs on the radio. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to have that perspective, you know. But then also, from a critical standpoint, being seen as part of the problem in a, in a weird way, too, that your kind of... Um, your success almost creates, you know, some vitriol as well.
1: Yeah, I mean... I I guess I ask the question of let's humor the fact that the article is right. Rock sucked in 2018 because rock music is suffering from a lack of innovation, right? If I'm, if I'm, if I'm paraphrasing the article into a sentence or two. So the question then is what's the solution? What's the cure? What's the, if I, if I've diagnosed the, the, the sickness, What's the prescription for, you know, better health? <laughs> well, I don't think
0: that is, that's necessarily uh, laid out. I think it's but because I think what it actually is, is a condemnation of the fans, not the artists, because what it's saying is we, in a, we've essentially democratized um, music, right? So in like a streaming world, anyone can go and listen to it on YouTube. Anyone can go and people are kind of voting with their listens and their plays, yeah. And these are the, this is what has come up with, right? As they say there's wisdom in crowds, yeah. according not to this guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, no, but I think I, I'm asking you, oh. right? Like, I'm asking you, Doc Coil, a musician of Bad Wolves and God Forbid, yeah. if you if you subscribe to the article that rock sucked in 2018, what's going to make it not suck in 2019? Um. Well, what what's the message to to the, the the new artists out there of how we fix this problem
0: well the well the, I think the actual you know it's kind of like they say um, the arc of justice or something bends it's long but it bends towards justice i think overall the cream generally rises to the top and so when you mm-hmm. see a band like ghost is playing arenas you see bring to the horizon is moving to, into arenas see a band like volbeat these are None of those bands sound like each other. And they're all doing something interesting. You know, but what I think is bands, like a band like Five Finger Death Punch is a really easy target for people like this. Like, for example, uh Five Finger Death Punch has sold millions of albums. It is a legit arena act. sells insane amount of merchandise. They have a huge fan base. But you will probably, they've never been nominated for a Grammy. They've never, you know, they 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 have this thing where The, you know, the grassroots, the people love them, you know, their people, but the kind of critical intelligentsia, it's they're literally the the embodiment of everything they hate in a band, you know, and you could and you could throw a band like Nickelback in this where it's bands that are cool to hate, but quizzically also have this massive commercial success. And I think that disconnect Mm -hmm. is um, I'm actually really fascinated by it. Because I don't know if that this has always been there. With maybe it was there, but more with regards to the kind of the mo- the more boisterous like hair metal bands, right? Like a band like Poison was a band that had this huge fan base and sold millions of records, but I'm sure was lampooned in amongst the the, the critics and, and things of that that nature. So we're kind of in but I don't, you know, but I wouldn't to me, a band like Five Free Death Punch or Nickelback, I wouldn't put in that category. I don't know. But there's there is this kind of disdained for the for the red states for the flyover states for the oh those are the rednecks you know like mm-hmm. this real like we know what's good music and of course all oh, those idiots that's what they listen to you know <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um and it's and it's really a, an elitist way of, of of looking at things but i think in terms of making music better listen i think yeah i do think program directors um act you know behave in a way that shows that they're they're in fear you know they don't play new bands because they're worried someone's going to change the channel um mm-hmm. i see you know th- the biggest reason why battles had success this year is not because of um you know the zombie single blowing up it's because zoltan battery manages our band and put us on he they put us on their tours and they got us on festivals and. They shared our music, our stuff on their their Facebook, you know. And that's what we need more of, is the bigger bands putting the olive branch down and lifting more bands up. You know what I see a lot of? I agree. You know what I see a lot of bands that are doing well doing? Going on tour and having two or three on bands. I see, and listen, I, and, I'll, and I'll say this to, to you know, Rob Flynn, who was one of my good friends, my favorite bands. I It bothers me that they do, that they've done this long, super long um, evening with. Listen, you want to do an evening with? Great, do a world tour. But just don't do it indefinitely. Because the truth is, if Slayer didn't take Machine Head out, they wouldn't have had their breakout. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we have to invest in the culture. And so when yes. you when you say, hey, we're just going to take by on bands or we're going to do Evening With and we're not going to bring that next... You are robbing your fans of that ability to actually get that, that next band. I mean, I just... I remember... What was the tour? It was like Lamb of God, Trivium, Machine Head, Gojira. You know, mm-hmm. that's like a tour that like broke Gojira. If they and the only reason they brought them was like we love this band. You know, and that's the most important thing. But I think times get tough. You know, the 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 advances aren't what they used to be. Everyone's got a hand in your pocket, and everyone's kind of out for self. And I just I don't want to see that. I want to see. Uh, bands helping each other and I think that's really that there needs to be um you know emphasis on actually hey we need to diversify this and get weirder bands and more interesting bands and you know kind of you know I, I really like the you know the festival culture we have going on in America right now because you can have a shine down and then they'll have power trip you know yeah and I think that's super important is that this kind of diversification and saying that these things you know on a Chicago open air or something like that, you can, Hey, we're going to have Slayer and we're going to have Foo Fighters. because it's more like Europe and saying, Hey, we're under the big umbrella of rock and hopefully yeah. they can bring in the Imagine Dragons. Fuck it. Right. Bring it all in. You know, yeah. I think that, I think that would be even, even better, you know?
1: So I'm all yeah, about I, inclusion. I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, when you look at hip hop culture and subcultures of them lifting each other up you know you've got one guy that reaches a level of success and then pulls something else into his world that puts them in front of their audience and then that guy reaches a level of success and he does the same thing and they replicate that over and over and over Um, and it's in before this situation with sultan and bad wolves it almost felt like Uh, maybe that's just too much of a fantasy or maybe it wouldn't work. But it's awesome that you guys are proof that it can work and that it can happen and that Zoltan doesn't view you guys as competition, right? It's not this competitive thing like, oh, I can't lift somebody else up because that's just distracting from my spotlight. And I, I think it's highly encouraging that he did what he did with you guys and improves to the, the rest of the, the the heavy metal subculture. It's just like, man, there's nothing wrong with it. That, like, we, we, he contributed more music and more content and, and, and a positive message in more ways than one, right? Not just music, but camaraderie. Yeah. You know, br- like brotherhood. You know, united in arms like a metal and rock subculture that we can unite and we can lift each other up. And when we do, everybody wins. I think that's a a super strong message that I hope to see more of, you know, in the future that, um, you know, potentially could yield much bigger and better results for the entire genre.
0: Yeah, I mean and it's um it's happened before. I mean, people forget like uh Fred Durst originally signed Puddle of Mud and stained and gave you know a lot of bands like that their big break and we'd be hip, you know, you know assuming our band continues to to continues to do well, we'd be hypocrites if we didn't do the same for someone else at some point. Um and hopefully that 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 keeps happening. But um era Blasco, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, having this conversation with me. Is there anything uh, you want to promote or anything you're working on you want to tell everybody?
1: We got that New Year's Eve show, the OzFest show, you know. Um, I'll be there. On uh, New Year's, and, and that's uh, that's what's on the horizon. Otherwise, um, you know, I got a pretty heavy tour schedule next year, as I'm sure you do, too. And I'm sure we'll cross paths on many a festival in 2019. So, um you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll do it again, but we'll do it live. We'll yeah, it. actually. We'll do, we'll, we'll do podcast part two live.
0: Hell yeah. I actually saw the show in uh, Florida. What was the, what was it, Fort Rock?
1: One of those, yeah, winter festivals. Well, we played yeah. the
0: day before, and I stayed and ended up hanging with friends, and I was just like hanging out. Yeah. I was, It was sick. It was so good. Yeah. Pe- people were so pumped for Ozzy that day. It was probably the, the coolest Ozzy show I've actually been to. <laughs> That's awesome. It was crazy yeah, hearing man. the songs all tuned down. I was like, yeah, it sounds like you you were you were like turning into a stoner.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The riffs like have a different per- perception now. So, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's um it's been fun, you know, and and uh, it's uh, you know I feel like really humbled that um you know I'm part of the Dude Farewell Tour, you know, which pretty much has a pretty significant reason why we're all here, you know, whether it's Black Sabbath or. Or Ozzy, or, or, or Ozfest, you know. These are all very significant contributing factors into why you and I can sit here and have an hour long conversation about metal that a bunch of other people are going to listen to, you know. And um, so I'm I'm really fortunate to to be part of it, and and, uh, and I'm just uh, just happy and humble, you know, about it. And you know, I'm just stoked to be out there working, man, you know, and just play, playing playing uh, playing awesome music for adoring fans all (laughs) over the world you know it's pretty cool right on well we you know that i think that's
0: the uh the most important thing is the the attitude for gratitude and uh you know obviously we're you know in a privileged position but i think part of the way you stay there is by never kind of forgetting that you know that we're very lucky very lucky you know yep totally man Right on, brother. Well, um I will I'll probably I will probably see you at that show and I'm uh, I'm looking yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And uh definitely, man. Merry Christmas, happy new year, and I will see you
1: soon. Thank you. Sounds good, buddy. You too. Bye bye. Right on.